So as we approach hearing God's word, let's uh, first take a moment to, to pause and ask God to speak to us. Lord our God, you're always speaking, but we are not always listening or ready to hear. So I pray that you take away whatever might be a barrier to us hearing your good news and creating us a space and a willingness that is ready to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the past couple months, I've um, become quite aware, and, and maybe you have too, of the, the divisiveness in our country, the animosity that just seems to be around every single corner, the weight of anxiety upon us because we're still trying to figure things out as we navigate a global pandemic. And to be honest, I don't have a lot of answers right now. And maybe you don't either. But this is a place we trust that we can come together and think deeply about, about God and how God is interacting in the world and how God might be offering us hope and direction and how to live. And so because of that, over the next uh, eight weeks, what I'd like to do is dive into a study, and this study I'm calling The King and the Kingdom. Because throughout scripture, there's this narrative arc about God as this ruler and king. And we, God's people, as God's subjects, so to speak, or servants. Jesus shows up talking about the kingdom being near and the kingdom meaning something for us personally and for us as a community. And over the next uh you know, two months, what I'm hoping is to explore that narrative arc and what it might mean for us. And maybe in our discernment, in our reflection, it can provide some answers for us or some comfort and hope. This morning, uh, we are going to be diving into a, a sermon or message that I'm, I'm calling God our, our King and Creator. Typically, when we start the ministry year, as we're doing now in September, we take a couple weeks and thank God who is this wonderful creator and celebrate the creation that is around us. And uh, in, instead of doing the four-week series, I'm going to kind of distill it down into today uh, in, a, in a talk and reflection on Psalm 104. Mm -hmm. Typically, when we think about talking about creation and ecology and the way God cares for the world and we're supposed to care for it, we go to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, but Psalm 104 is an incredible uh, poem and song to God from the psalmist. So that will be our scripture passage for today, and it will be the new living translation of scripture. But as we approach this, the thing that I want to uh, draw your attention to uh, is is, uh, in order to prepare us for hearing this, is actually something I learned in seminary when I was in Hebrew class. You're going to learn a little bit of Hebrew this morning, if that's all right with you. If you open up your bulletin, um, I always seem to have like three or four bulletins up here, most of which 
are not useful <laughs> to me. So on the page that the liturgy is on, so it's the inside left flap, if you go down toward the bottom, the lower two-thirds, under Be Thou My Vision and the benediction, you will see words in Hebrew. And these words are a part of a Jewish prayer that is said um, at many different occasions. And so this first line is an oft-repeated phrase that uh, the, the Jewish people use when starting any prayer. And the, the top line is a Hebrew, and it goes like this. Baruch atah Adonai Elocheinu Melech HaOlam. Right underneath there is the English translation. Baruch means blessing or to bless. Atah means you, so blessed are you. Adonai is the word for Lord. Elocheinu is El, is the word for God. Chenu means us, so Adonai Elohenu, Lord our God. And then the last section of that Hebrew is Melech HaOlam. Melech is the word for king or ruler. And the word HaOlam is literally everything. It's something that the Jewish people would always say at the beginning of prayers. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam. Blessed are you, our God, ruler of the universe. It kind of describes the way in which the Jewish people saw God just so deeply involved in our lives and controlling of everything in this world, not just this world, but the entire crea uh, creation. Next, the, the following line is also in uh, Hebrew, and it says this, Shehechianu v'kimanu v'higanu lazman hazeh. So Shehechianu means for giving us life. So God, thank you for giving us life. Vikiyamanu, for sustaining us, for sustaining our life day by day. And vikiyumanu, lazman hazeh, meaning for enabling us to touch this season. And this specific prayer will be prayed at the beginning of a year. And um, so it was specifically relevant and important because it was literally, mean, God, thank you for letting me just touch this moment in time. It's a beautiful prayer about God's uh, connectedness to us in this world and also God's ruling over the entire scape of existence. And I think it, it sets the mindset, it, it provides you the mindset of what the psalmist is about when writing this specific psalm of Psalm 104. So let's listen to the words of the Lord in Psalm 104. And it's a longer psalm. Whatever you need to be comfortable, you just need to shut your eyes, lay on the grass, uh, you know, whatever you need to really hear this well. Please get into that posture. Let all that I am, let all that I am praise the Lord. Oh Lord, my God, how great you are. You are robed with honor and majesty. You are dressed in a robe of light. You stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. You lay out the rafters of your home in the rain clouds. You make the clouds your chariot. And you ride upon the wings of the wind. The winds are your messengers. Flames of fire are your servants. 
You place the world on its foundation so it would never be moved. You clothed the earth with floods of water that covered even the mountains. And at your command, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, it hurried away. Mountains rose and valleys sank to the levels you decreed. Then you set a firm boundary for the seas so they would never again cover the earth. You make springs pour into the ravines so streams gush down from the mountains. And they provide water for all the animals and the wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds nest beside the streams and sing among the branches of the trees. You send rain on the mountains from your heavenly home and you fill the earth with the fruit of your labor. You cause grass to grow for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food from the earth, wine to make them glad, olive oil to soothe their skin, and bread to give them strength. The trees of the Lord are well cared for. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted, there the birds make their nests and the storks make their homes in the cypresses. High in the mountains live the wild goats and the rocks form a refuge for the hyrixes. You made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows when to set. You send darkness and all the animals prowl about. Then the young lions roar for their prey, stalking their food God provides. At dawn, they slink back into their dens to rest. And then people go off to work again, where they labor until evening. Oh Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. See the ships that sail along, the Leviathan, which you made to play in the sea. All these depend on you to give them food as they need. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand and feed them, and they are richly satisfied. But if you were to turn away from them, they panic. When you take away their breath, they die and turn to dust. When you give them breath, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord continue forever. The Lord takes pleasure in all he has made. The earth trembles at his glance. The mountains smoke at his touch. I will sing. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to my last breath. May all my thoughts be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let all sinners vanish from the earth and let the wicked disappear. Let all that I am, let all that I am praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
I know that was quite a long psalm to listen to. But maybe you caught some of the incredible imagery. I mean, the psalmist, the poet is just gushing. Words cannot be contained to describe all the beauty that God has created. I love that image at the beginning, God wrapping God's self in a garment and light. And how it's this image of God ruling the worlds as God's carried across the winds. I love the image of how order is created and how um, God even is caring and gracious and loving, how, how God lets the waters recede and gives them a place so they won't ever overwhelm the world again. I love the phrase of, of how God supplies everything, the water to drink, the food to eat, the breaths that we draw in. It's an incredibly intimate picture of how much God is involved with us in our lives and in this world, and how deeply God cares for this world, not as some distant ruler, but one with us and for us. One that upholds this creation. And I'm drawn to both the first sentence and the last. This jubilation, this exclamation that this this excitement that the that the psalmist has. With everything that I have, I will praise God. With everything that I have, I will praise God. And, and the thing that I take from the psalmist and the thing that I think we can learn and the thing I've, I want you to come away with from today is that it, it seems like the psalmist is really coming alive and showing us what it looks like to be human in a, in a special way. And the thing I want to commend to you for thinking about is that when we just delight in, in creation, when we take time to pause, when we set aside time to be still, we're able to not just see the beauty around us, but the fingerprints of God. They're all across this grand theater of creation. And that connects us to God, and that sense of awe does something. So that first point is about awe, but the second thing I wanted to at the end talk about is, is the fact that there is something of a vocation for us to take up with everything that I am, with every breath, with every thought, may I praise God. So, so just taking a moment, how many of us are worried or anxious or overwhelmed? Uh, too much going on and so much happening in life right now that we feel like the waters that have been talked about in this psalm are just crashing and crashing. And I know that I shouldn't give simple answers and, and, and I don't want to do that. And so, you know, we need to continue to talk to friends, good, good people who can counsel us, offer us wisdom. But I think the thing I want to commend to you is just to take time to unplug to take time to be still, to take time to go out into the grand theater of creation that God has supplied. 
and sit and be for however long you can. To study the way that the trees blow in the wind and the sound that they make. Or the, the simple beauty of a bird trying to get a seed from a from a from something. Yes, sunflower, thank you so much. That's why it's good to have people back again. <laughs> or just watching a dog play as I was watching that back there. Yep. <laughs> That's wonderful. Packs. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank you for coming out. And for those tuning in at home, you can't see, we have a, a furry friend joining us this morning whose name is Pax. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so a 10-year church dog. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> good. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for bringing them, too. So I, I was going to, what's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us this morning. Exactly. Like I think there is a certain peace that we can find out here in in the wilderness. There's a, a poem that I wanted to share, which I think might be meaningful. There's um, it's printed in your bulletin. So if you take a look at that, it is underneath that Hebrew prayer that we saw earlier. Uh, so it's called "Peace of the Wild Things," and it's by Wendell Berry, who is uh, a a theologian, a farmer, an ecologist. And he talks about the peace that he finds when troubles overwhelm him, the peace that he finds in the wild. He says this, When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and I'm free. My one encouragement is to rest in the grace of this world because there is a freedom in how it points beyond itself to the beauty and the care of God, our ruler and king. The second point that meaning for our lives can be found in a vocation. The psalmist says, with every breath, with every thought, with everything that I have, I praise you, O God. There is something in us that longs 
to live our lives as one act, one song, one work of praise to God. And, and maybe we don't feel it all the time, but I believe that each of us desire to do good things and please God with how we live. And it's a way of honoring God and giving back to God. And, and the way I think about this and a vocation is um, kind of in terms of, of when I was in high school and I was thinking about how much I loved and still love this country, how much I greatly appreciate uh, being a part of the community I grew up in. And because of all that and because of recognition for all the people that, that came before who, who fought for for America and in both the field of battle and in protest marches. I thought that I wanted to join the military and become a Marine to offer my life in service to honor those who had come before and honor the country that had given me a lot in order to not just honor the country but also to make the country better than I found it. And so I believe that that's, a, for me, a way in which I think about how the psalmist is inviting us into the call of God, into a vocation where we think about how we shape our whole lives as a response of gratitude, of gratefulness, of saying, thank you, God, for the goodness that is around us, for the goodness that is the ability to, to draw in a breath, for the food that is on our table, for the things that we have. And the thing about this is that each of us is tailored and crafted to be able to do this, regardless of our age, regardless of what we perceive our ability is. The amazing thing is that the Holy Spirit has given us gifts and a, a mind and a heart to share and to, to, to give back to God in gratitude, to give back to this world in gratitude. And so I think about that, that we show our gratitude with coming here, with singing, with praying, with um, the life that we live here as a community. But it's also more than that. In, in Scripture, in, in Matthew, Jesus says, whatever you have uh, done to the least of these, you have done to me. And so it's, it's not just what we offer God here, but, but what we offer out in the world, specifically to the least of all among us. And so I wish to, to offer that last thought, just a question of reflection. How does my life, how, does, how do my thoughts, how does my actions, how do my words show gratitude and thankfulness and love back to God? So take time this week to step out into the grace of this wild theater of God's creation. And take time to be reflecting on how to show gratitude to God and to others. Let's pray. Lord God, for the words that I have said, I pray that, and the words that have been heard, I, I pray that in them you are powerfully present. Speak what which, that which you wish to say to each of us, what we have need of pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So at this time, uh, we typically